Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Wednesday, August 23rd. My name is Daniel Dopp. I am joined by my best friend, Mike Clay. Mike, how are you, bud? I'm uh, pretty good. We haven't been at this table since, what, uh, the playoffs last year? Playoffs? Doing, uh, doing at this table. I haven't been at this desk. I know you and Field have, but we yeah. usually were doing the DFS show from here. Uh, and it's clearly been a minute because you can see my, if you're watching the video, my backpack's in the video. So, see, it's been a while. A it's been rusty. a minute. A I don't even know how to set up. <laughs> Myself, it's just total chaos. Thank here. you for being prepared for the show today, yeah, Mike Clay. Not, no big I'm deal. Not, no, I don't, look, I, it's preseason for me as well. Yeah, okay? I'm yeah. still getting up to speed for the year. So, um, what are you yeah, gonna do? I'm just doing, I'm just doing what I can. And I just told you before we came on the air, new schedule, new sleep schedule for me. That's true. This year, this is big news. Yeah, I used to be able to sleep till seven thirty, eight o'clock. Now I'm at seven a.m. Seven a.m. off at seven, but taking the kids to camp across the street all summer long. I'm going to stay on that schedule. I need to because there's just so much to do in season. So how many snoozes do you get for that seven? A. One max. I give myself till seven ten. If I'm if I if I was up late, okay. I might need them like after Thursday night football, Monday night football, okay. Sunday night football. Right? Depends when those games end. Yeah. Although I feel like last year they were ending earlier, right? They no. Feel like they you were, feel like that? I felt like I was awake all night long no, watching like, those. I games. feel like some of them ended at like eleven fifteen, and they used to go to midnight. That's all true. The time. That is accurate. I feel that's like true. they were earlier, so that's good for me because I can get up and get to work and yeah be prepared for the show for once and remember have some time to move my backpack how many st- <laughs> how many snoozes is too many snoozes in the morning um i feel like anytime you get I mean, past two it's like you might as well have just set your yes. alarm for the other time that you actually want to get up for that's uh that's fair I, I guess as long as you're here for the pod hey i mean as long as you show up that's right? what's so important you can do like you could probably do like 20 <laughs> snoozes that's fair here. all right we're gonna talk about uh, the, today's a really fun show we are gonna go through the entirety of the draft we are gonna do the perfect draft picks for uh-huh. your draft Mike Clay you wrote an article this, for us this is the show you've been waiting for right we're just going to make it easy we're just going to tell you who to pick in who each round draft. that's right. right I freaking love that just do that for all the picks and you win a championship as a part of winning your draft that's Mike, how easy it is that's how, that's that's is how that's all you got to do you just got to sit down and watch this you even need waivers actually you no just, you just listen to Mike Clay just pick all these guys we'll tell you each round we're going to go through every single round, tell you exactly who you should be drafting in each round in order for you to bring home that championship trophy. And shout out to our buddies here at Trophy Smack. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Just so you know, when you're doing drafts like we're talking about right now, draft boards are available from Trophy Smack. They don't just do trophies. They don't just do turnover chains. They do a little bit of everything. So check them out in case you are getting ready for your draft. You want to grab a draft board to make your draft more exciting. They're available on trophysmack.com. Two-day shipping, 20% off discount code with the code FOCUS. Draft, Mike Clay. So make sure you go to Trophy Smack and get awesome. one of those guys. I have one of them belts at home. Have a rings. This all, is all so stuff. heavy. Like these are not little. Like they are very large, no, super huge. Legit. I got to get one for the crappy bands. I know. Did you see in. me at the marathon? I wore that thing I over know. my shoulder and walked in. That thing was heavy. I actually saw a little bit of pump in your arm because right. of how heavy it was. That's the, That's I why. need to hold heavy things to make that <laughs> pump show up. Otherwise, <laughs> all right. Let's jump in and talk about this draft strategy. We're gonna go, like I yeah. said, through the entire draft board. But I have a question first, okay? When you're leading in and you're going into this draft, I am doing a di- bunch of different pieces on mock draft strategies. Okay. You want to take one of the early quarterbacks, you got to grab them probably in one of the first three rounds. You want to go Travis Kelsey early, that's going to change some things. Round. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you're going through and doing this mock or doing this strategy for us, did you go in with a specific drafting strategy, a hero RB, a zero RB, or was it just, hey, best player avail- available and let the board mm-hmm. fall to you? Yeah. So uh, I've been doing this since I probably right before I got to ESPN, I think when I first started contributing here, the ultimate draft board article, this came out. 
uh, a couple of these before the marathon. Yep. So it's been up there at ESPN plus for uh, a couple weeks now. And, and again, what I always do is I lay out ADP. I split it up by round and then I sort of work backwards in some ways. I kind of identify certain rounds where, okay, round seven, Darren Waller at that world. We'll get to him later. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Darren Waller's going in the seventh. Yep. I know that's where I want to attack tight end. Just I've done enough drafts. I know that that's the spot I want to go after that position. Maybe round four is where I want my quarterback. I know I want Christian Watson in round five. Right. I know I want Rashad White where he's coming off the board. So I'll fill them in and then I'll say, all right, well, wow, there's like a lot of running backs in rounds four, five, six that I like. So maybe I should pivot heavy on receivers in the first couple of rounds, Ooh, that kind of thing. So okay. I'll kind of put the puzzle together backward, build a starting lineup that way, see what makes sense, see what doesn't make sense. And then it all comes together into a, a starting lineup I think is maximized, right? The best possible starting lineup. And then as the draft goes on, you look for dart throws, breakout yep. players, that kind of thing. Guys so that slid, that's fall. how I attacked it. Yeah. Yes, ADPs will move. We're going to get to one specific guy that has jumped pretty much around since this article came out. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine, right? Because there's other names listed. You might not pr- like one guy I like, and you might prefer someone else in that range, and that's okay. The point is to just build kind of my favorite players right. and a ballpark uh, uh, script, essentially, for how you can attack a draft. Okay. And this was a 12-team draft that you did, correct? Yeah, it's built. Um, the idea was like a 12 team, 16 round draft. You know, again, the the ADP, the rounds will adjust sure, a little for a 10 teamer, but it should give you a good idea of who to look for in each particular round. I actually, I went through uh, to start the show. You know how you write down the, the whole, like, this is your list. You bring this to the draft. So I already filled in our kicker and defense, which is okay. Riley Patterson and the Detroit Lions. So we you got those the guys. Defense? You the they're, so you're going to draft them in, against the Chiefs in week one? I didn't draft. This is your draft. You, you oh, drafted them, Mike. Uh, not me. I don't, that's weird. That's weird. That oh, that's, strange. I don't see Riley Patterson anywhere here. So let's got. He was all. pretty far down the draft. So board. you're starting. <laughs> you think that's a good call? Uh, no, I, I don't think to, it's I a good call. I want you to pick these picks apart. So you think we're going to start the Lions at the would, Chiefs week one? I probably wouldn't start the Lions at the Chiefs week one, Mike. If I was going to start a defense week one, maybe the New Orleans Saints, maybe the Commanders. Love the Saints. So that's the, that's the D this year. But that's you know, I'm not the. This wasn't my article. I'm not the one that put the Lions here. I just just <laughs> filled in what that's was so there. weird. I don't remember doing that. Must have right. had a couple seltzers or Miller Lights. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's start in round one because this I think <clears throat> everything sort of goes from here, right? Is it just easy enough yeah. to say, hey, that's how drafts work? Actually, you, know, you make the, your you. first pick and Thanks. then you make your second pick. Yeah. And after that, if you're lucky, you can make a third pick. If you're lucky, and then you do it until the draft until over. the draft's done. Yeah. Um, thanks for that. I'm so glad that you're here today, man. Uh, Justin Jefferson just should be the guy that you draft if he's on the board, almost no matter what spot you're drafting from. Is that fair to say? I agree. He's uh, he's not Adam Schefter's number one player, but he is mine. What does uh, that she- guy know? What yeah. does Schefter know? Does he have sources? I, I've heard he has, I, I he's like no six idea. phones. He's just a Justin Jefferson <laughs> phone. But, That's right. Uh, yeah, he's, he's expressed some concerns about his contract situation. He wants has. him to, to get that taken care of before he takes him first overall. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the tricky parts of this experiment is that uh, I have to, like, I don't know where I'm picking in the first round. Right. So yes, if I'm picking first overall or if Justin Jefferson's on the board at any given point, that's my first overall pick. And then I'm essentially following the board out of the gate, right? So Jamar Chase is second on my board, then Austin Eckler, then Christian McCaffrey. That's kind of the first tier, I believe, that big four. You could take any of them four guys if you're picking early in the first round, fine with them. Um, but again, I'd, I'd love to get Jefferson. That'd be great. Yeah. There's other options in this area. I just listed a few of them. Um, I think the funnest one for me, you know, if I've my first round's over, there's nothing that gets me more excited than Bijan. I'd love to have Bijan, right? Yeah, depends it's, on where it's you, fun. That's I the mean, second half of the draft kind of a pick, yeah? Because you, if you're in the middle, oh, the second half second. of the, of yeah, the first yeah. round. Yeah. I have him like a mid first rounder, um, but that's, you know, it's 
Fantasy's fun. I'm it told, is. It's right? meant it's to, be to be fun, fun. right? It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Bijan's awesome because he's just an exciting player. You saw his first run in preseason. It was electric. He looked great. He didn't do much on his other carries, but we know he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game, in the running game. We know the top 10 running backs are tremendous in fantasy right yep. out of the gate. The last six to, the last six running backs picked in the top 10 have been top 10 fantasy running backs right out of the gate. And I know there's some chatter that it's a crowded backfield and this and that. It's not crowded enough that they didn't spend a first an early first round pick on a running back. There's a reason right. they brought Bijan Robinson in. He should be over 200 carries. You could catch 50, 60, 70, 80 footballs. Alvin, Alvin Kamara caught 80 footballs as a rookie. It's within his range of outcome. So uh, I'm I'm really excited for him. I think he's the funnest first round pick. If I can get him, I'm happy about it. But I do think, and, and as we work through this draft, you're going to see this. It's fine to go receiver and maybe even receiver again to start your draft because running backs are getting older the guys that we've known as stars the past few years. Yep. And there's a lot of young guys and breakout candidates at running back that are, exci- that are exciting in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round. That's the way that I've been looking at the first this year. I Like if I am, if I'm towards the back half of the first, I don't mind looking at one of those running backs, but like the top half of the first, I, I very likely want to grab one of those four mm-hmm. pass, four wide receivers, Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. or even Travis Kelsey. Honestly, I mean, the entire first round is just filled with guys that are pass catchers, right? Yeah. So those first eight picks, and then you add in those three running backs, CMC, Austin Eckler, and Bijan, and like, you've basically filled out the entire first round of your draft right there. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I'll, I'll list off some names here in a second to make this point, because I mentioned running backs getting older, and I should put some context on that. Uh, but, and here, let me just do that first, because you'll understand why, right? Okay. I just talked about the top tier, and I'm still comfortable with Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey in the top four, because they're just next level players, obviously going to be heavily involved in the passing game, but check this out. Over the last five years, there have only been three instances of an running back age 28 or older finishing top 15 in fantasy points. Three times. That's three happened? times that has happened over the last five years. So think about running backs who are now 28 or older. Austin Eckler is 28. Yeah. I mean, and he's coming off two high volume, unbelievable big seasons. seasons. It gives me a little that I'm willing to lean receiver for that reason. Cause there's that possibility. He takes a step back. Yeah. Derek Henry's 29. Aaron Jones is 28, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Oof. Alvin Kamara. They're all 28 or older entering this season. And then on top of that, there's not many more that are 27 or older. And that's Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon. Those are like These all are, the good running backs. <laughs> this is the last decade of fantasy football right there. Yeah. You know, so that is enough for me to move that core of running backs down a little bit and take those prime age wide receivers with a topic like a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or to your point, uh, some of these other guys that are available in this round, like Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, and he was a little beat up right now. Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams fall into the second sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. I, I understand wanting to get a franchise uh, running back in the first round, but there's a lot of paths to that. There's younger guys, up and comers. There's still a lot of values at that position. There's the next generation of running back stars, uh, and there's also injuries. We know that's going to happen at running yeah. back. There's a lot of ways to find running backs. Yep. All right, so then I'm going to pencil in Justin Jefferson. I'll just assume we're drafting first overall. Maybe he fell. Every once in a while in a best ball draft, Justin Jefferson will slide That's to, fine. to the Jefferson third overall. Or wide or receiver. Like yeah, yes. someone like that. <laughs> With you on that. All right, All right, so then we get to the second round, Mike Clay, and I see you have your listed a guy that wasn't even a top 20 fantasy wide receiver last year in Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we expect him to be quite a bit better this year. In comparison to what he got last season, how big of a step up do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be for him under center? Well, I would say a big one. I was doing some comps of 2022 Jets quarterbacks to 
the 2023 Packers receivers with Aaron Rodgers okay. and to uh, Devontae Adams' career with Aaron Rodgers. And, like, I won't go into the numbers, but let's just say That's what you catch do. rate, yards per attempt, touchdown rate, way different yeah. and way better. <laughs> I'll just give you one. Touchdown rate, uh, 0.7% was the touchdown rate for Jets uh, receivers last year with the Jet, or from the hand of the Jets quarterbacks. Okay. Devontae Adams in his career with Aaron Rodgers, 7.5% touchdown rate. That is like Zero seven, eight seven times to larger. 7.5? That is huge. And it doesn't, and you might say, well, he's not Devontae Adams. First of all, he might be. It is within the range of outcomes that Garrett Wilson is a certified NFL superstar. He was sixth in the NFL in targets yep. as a rookie last year, and he looks the part. Uh, there's that. Also, it doesn't need to be a 7.5% touchdown rate for Garrett Wilson to be substantially better. He only had four touchdowns last year, had a hard time finding the end zone, had a hard time with pass-catching efficiency because of the quarterback play last year. I mean, Zach Wilson might have been the best quarterback he played with last year. Mike White and who else was it? Chris Trevler and Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco right? It was, it was a rough situation. So, yeah, Wilson is a guy that, as you know, I'm willing to take in the first round. I yep. did it in the marathon yes, draft did. a couple weeks ago. But you can get him in the early to mid portions of the second round. I think he is going to be one of the next superstar fantasy receivers. And he is the guy. He's my guy every single draft that I want. You want to leave the draft with Garrett Wilson if you yeah. can. The only hard. I mean, if you do pick early in the first, it's going to be hard to get Garrett Wilson because he's not going to make to it to the, the end of round two. But yeah. if you pick near the turn and you could come away with a top running back or it could be a right now. Bijan Garrett Wilson start would you be could, you so could do that sweet. or you can maybe get Tyreek Garrett Wilson, something like that. You're set up for a lot of success at that turn. Yeah. Tony you, Pollard and Garrett Wilson. I was just going to say, you look at the guys kind of coming off the board there. You could have a really nice at the end of that, the turn, right? It's a really good spot. This is part of what happens if you're drafting and why it's really important to sort of look at where you're drafting and how people are going to fall based on that draft position. Uh -huh. um, I love Garrett Wilson. If for some reason you can't get Garrett Wilson, kind of like you're saying, because he, we think he might go towards the beginning half of that that second round are there any other wide receivers that you like or yeah, is this not a wide receiver specific round for you no you can i like uh, i mentioned Devonte adams has been falling to round two amon ross st brown jalen waddle mm. is in this vicinity uh derrick henry's been making it to the middle of the second round at times as well so you have options at either position really like derrick henry if you could get him in the second and also we should mention this if you want one of the big three quarterbacks it's at the two three turn that's where you have to attack mahomes I know, I know our ADP, he's going a little closer to the first round. I think in 10, 12 team leagues, you'll, you'll see him go at the uh, two, three turn. That's Mahomes, that's Hertz, uh, and that's Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not doing that. And we'll get to why in a little bit. Okay. I, I, was, I have a better value at quarterback. I was just going to say that at this spot. Okay. So we just made our way through the second round. You grabbed Garrett Wilson. To so now what do you think so far? Are you on board? Justin Jefferson. I was I like I texted you this morning. I wanted you to kind of pick this apart and say like approve, like you love it or you hate it or you're not going to do that? No, I would love to do that. I love Justin Jefferson. I don't, I didn't feel like oh, I needed to do take, it with okay. that one. Yes. Well, I didn't want you to burn the studio with your hot takes, but okay. I, okay. Wow. Mike Clay. Uh, honestly, like this is the way that I'm building drafts too, right? Part of it is I'm starting wide receiver heavy. Mm -hmm. I think there's plenty of running back value that can grab this part of why I asked the question up front. Cause I'm, I go into a lot of the drafts that I've been doing, trying to grab a running back, likely within the first three rounds, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. I want to grab my first running back. And then there's so much depth that like, I want to load up on pass catchers early on. And that's exactly what you're doing. Justin Jefferson, the best guy in the game. If you can't get him, one of the other guys that we talked about, grab Garrett Wilson. If you can't get him, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, they're all amazing. Like mm -hmm. leaving the draft with any of those guys through the first two rounds, 
I feel really good about because of the fact that once I get to the third, I'm not looking at any of the quarterbacks that you just talked about. If I wanted to take Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or uh, Jalen Hurts, it would have to be here, right? Mm -hmm. But I think by the time that I get to the third, this is where if I didn't get a running back that fell to me in the second, I'm now looking to take my first running back off the board in the third round. Yeah, and uh, I'm going Travis Etienne here. That's so my you target. did the same thing with that. Okay. I did, yeah. Receiver, receiver, Travis Etienne's the play here. So uh, if you don't like him... Why would you not like Travis Etienne? Uh, I don't know. I like, love him. He was fantastic efficiency-wise at Clemson. He was fantastic efficiency-wise last year, yards per carry and yards per target. He was outstanding, and he's in a, an up-and-coming Jacksonville offense. I think there's two reasons you could have concerns. Will his touchdowns go up with Tank Big Tank Bigsby taking some carries and goal line work? That could be a limitation, but he was a borderline RB1 last year without scoring many touchdowns. Terrible luck in that department. And the other is the Jags offensive line is a big concern for me. I think it's yeah. a bottom five unit right now. That could change when Cam Robinson comes back and if some of their younger players play well, but that is a, a little bit of a red flag for me and could hurt his efficiency. But look, if you don't want ETN, and he's been falling... I've been getting him a lot because he's been following. There are other, other options. Josh Jacobs, if he reports back, Jonathan Taylor's value has been down. You might be able to sneak him in the third round. Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, your boy Jamar Gibbs, our running mm -hmm. back options and receiver is also great. So if you did go running back receiver, you could come back here with Chris Olave, T Higgins, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Depot Samuel. I'm hoping, by the way, I'm hoping the Seahawks receivers don't start boosting in value now with Jackson Smith and Jigba right. likely to miss a week or two. You can get some good, value right good now. values, especially Lockett. I, I am with you on that. Okay. So you mentioned, this is a great spot. You mentioned Travis Etienne, right? Right now we're trying to figure out just like the rest of the fantasy community. Boy, I'm in the third round and Josh Jacobs just fell to me here. How do I not take a guy that was running back three in the third round? Same with Jonathan Taylor. It's like a little bit of that. I'm hedging. Man, if I take if I make this pick here and go with one of these other two running backs, they could be a top five running back for me this year. But there's also reason for risk. That's why they fell to the third round for you. So this is one of those really interesting spots. I want to see Josh Jacobs report and we get a little bit more news. I want to see Jonathan Taylor back at practice and feeling like he's going to be with the team because that is such unbelievable value right now for them in the third. I just don't get the warm fuzzies to feel like, yeah, that's who I want to lock up as my RB1 because I don't feel confident that they're going to play a full 17 game season at the way that I'm thinking they are. I'm with you. Uh, you know, now that Jonathan Taylor has permission to seek a trade, maybe he goes somewhere and he's a feature back and is very motivated to get that contract and has a huge year. That's, that's that possible. It bothers me that he hasn't practiced much or I that know. he's not with the team he's going to play for. Yep. And Josh Jacobs, again, at some point he has to report. He could potentially skip some games, but his, his contract will toll if he doesn't report at all this year and he'll still be in the same situation last year, just a year older at running back. And that's not ideal. So he's going to be back. And that feels so much like the Le'Veon Bell situation where it was like, all right, cool. He finally reported right before the season, but he wasn't well, Bell, in playing. Change. Yeah. Bell did skip that whole season, but that was different because oh, right. he was past his rookie contract. And so then at the, like, if we're not back ready to be able to be on the field and in football playing shape, it doesn't, it, I, the hard part is it's a value somewhere. I just don't know how good of a value it is because we don't know how the whole season is going to play out, which yeah, is why round the third three. round's interesting one. That's that's where I'm looking at both of those guys right now. Yeah. You just you have other quality options, including some of them star receivers I just talked about. You don't have to force it on Taylor or Jacobs. There's just a line where you take a shot, and that's where I think it is, round three. I'll tell you what. If you did start with Justin Jefferson and Garrett Wilson, it makes it a little bit easier. That's such a great start. It makes it a little easier to grab someone Thanks. like Josh Jacobs. Yeah. So. 
Uh, but I also love Travis Etienne here. Really great pick. And then that brings us into the fourth round. And this is where the four, five, six, seven. These are my favorite rounds of the draft this really? year, Mike. Okay. Yes. A lot of really fun things right. happening here because I'm waiting on quarterbacks early on. I mm-hmm. want to grab one of my quarterbacks in rounds four through seven. I also try, want to try to get one of my tight ends unless I was able to grab Mark Andrews early. So now that we're in the fourth round, you got two wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson. You got Travis Etienne. Which direction are you going to take us in the fourth? So I'm um, actually, this is one of them spots where I had to do a little tinkering actually a- after I identified certain players I wanted, like, you know, we'll get to yep, we'll some get of to them. them. We'll you get know, Garrett Wilson, I had it slotted him in round two. I wanted to receive a round one. You a couple enter other guys a we'll draft saying, hey, I'd like to leave the draft with this guy. You have exactly. a couple guys that you've Yeah, so if I know, marked. like if I know for sure that I have, there's a tight end value I want in round seven or a tier of three guys and I want one of them, then I'm not going to take a tight end in the second round. Like right. maybe if Travis Kelsey falls, I change my strategy. You should always be doing that. But usually I know Kelsey's going in the first round. I'm not going to take him. Right. I like receivers where Andrews is going, that kind of thing. So if I know in round seven, going tight end there, then I know not to attack and go other direction. So that's kind of how I built this draft out. Okay. And when I did that, I got to a point where in round seven, I did end up wanting a tight end. And that was also where my favorite quarterback value was going, which we'll get to. Ooh. So I thought, Round four, I have an opening here. You know, running back and receiver, there's a drop-off. Usually, this is a wide receiver round. Wide mm-hmm. Round four is almost always a wide receiver round. It's been that case for years. But it's kind of leveled off this year. Receivers are going earlier now. The running backs aren't as appealing. And I thought, you know what? The way this is built, I can attack quarterback here. Ooh. So, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. They're your round four targets at quarterback. I like Lamar Jackson. I just think he has a, a better ceiling. I'm a little... I, I, Stefan, you told us not to worry too much about this, so I'm not really worried, but... It's enough to bridge the gap, which Joe Burrow's dealing with another leg injury. Yep. A, a big boost in his value last year came from his rushing contributions. If that comes down a little bit, that could be the difference between Lamar and Joe Burrow. So Lamar's my guy. They built, they're going to throw more. He has better targets here. He's the guy I would love. And round four just feels like a value spot to grab him. I am totally with you on that. I, you know what? I hate to just keep agreeing with you, Mike, because I don't want to just give you that affirmation that the things you're doing are right. But I'm with you. This has been a really good draft. If I started out this way, I'm all in on this. Again, I love the quarterbacks in this range. Lamar Jackson, I think, is just as close. And we've talked about it with Mm -hmm. Field in the podcast. Lamar Jackson is going to be super close to those top three quarterbacks. But you didn't have to spend a first or second round draft pick in order to get a guy that has that same kind of ceiling here in the fourth. That's a good point. They're not, you know, the big three aren't going to necessarily score the same number of points they did last year. I think that the gap between the big three and guys like Lamar and Burrow is kind of close. It's it's I really think it is. I agree. Uh, Jackson has elite. We've seen it before. He's won the MVP. He's been the top scoring fantasy quarterback. I think that year it was by like 100 points. He just dominated that season. So we've seen it from him and they're going to open up the offense this year. So yes, Lamar Jackson in the fourth does feel right. Okay. So now we're sort of at a spot. Lamar Jackson, Travis Etienne, Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, Detroit Lions, Riley Patterson. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're here now, you've got a couple of different directions that you could go in the fifth, Are we in the fifth, fifth round. Yeah. I I think I would move ahead. Cause like I'm, I like Lamar there in the fourth and, and, We'll talk about the rest of the quarterbacks as we get deeper into this. Yeah, so the ne- the next couple of rounds are players I've talked about a lot over and over and over on this show that I like a lot. So, uh, yeah, you're seeing... Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't mention that, right? So, 
Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, if you wanted other quarterbacks in this range, if you're watching the video there on the screen. So you've you've other quarterback options as well if Burrow and Jackson go and you still want to attack quarterback. So you could wait on Fields and Herbert a little bit going closer towards yeah. the end of the fifth exactly. than the fourth, but still guys that are in that same tier that we're talking about with Jackson. Yeah, and Joe exactly. But yeah, fifth, sixth, I mean, fifth round is going to be Christian Watson. You know, I love Christian Watson. I know you do. Sixth round. We'll just put these together, I guess. Sixth round, Rashad White or Damian Pierce. I feel like they're two of the better running back values. And especially if you wait on your second running back, this is a good spot to go with a, a potential breakout player, both entering year two in that case. Actually, all three of these guys, Watson, White, Pierce, all, all of them uh, year two players on the upswing position for larger roles this season in Green Bay. There's no Aaron Rodgers, but Watson's the clear number one. And there's no Alan Lazard. There's no Randall Cobb, Rashad White. There's no Leonard Fournette there. So he'll be the feature back in Tampa Bay. Very needy there. I, I mean, I hope they don't trade for Jonathan Taylor. That's going to bite me because I've drafted a ton of Rashad White. And uh, and of course, Damian Pierce, they added Devin Singletary, but the offense should be a little better. The line's a little better. Uh, and Pierce, assuming he has a full healthy season, should be in the fringe running back one conversation. So in that area, yeah, I'm looking to fill. It kind of depends what I need. You know, if you went running back heavy, you might need two receivers here. If you went, yeah. you know, opposite, you might need the opposite. So, uh, but these are my favorite targets. And this is one of those areas where I said round five, I see Watson's going in the fifth. I'm circling his name. That's where I'm going to make sure I get him. Round six, I like White and Pierce. I'm going to attack that, those guys. Yeah. Is there a reason why, or do you usually go in with a strategy? Like if you go Christian Watson here, you're filling out your third wide receiver or your flex spot before mm-hmm. you address your second running back spot. Is that just value with the way the board's falling mm-hmm. this year? Or is that something you specifically want to go out and try to do? Uh, you fill my flex before other spots. Yeah, I, it's just it's value. It, it, I'm not, you know, I because there's still third, running backs on the this, board yeah, that you're okay with. Sure, this is my third receiver, but it's still a starting spot, right? I guess I, in a perfect world, you're getting your two running backs, two receivers, assuming you only start two and then flex to give your yourself a little flexibility with your bench. But in this case, I knew I wanted Watson in the fifth, and I knew I wanted to go receivers early, and I also knew that I like a lot of values at running back throughout the rest of the draft. So that's why I went Watson. I would not go jo- uh, Christian Watson. I here, know that, but I, you don't like him. We have, we have argued about this. Although I, I have no problem with Christian Watson as my third wide receiver as a flex. So like, that's not, that's not a, a problem for me. I would just rather, if I'm going to grab one of these guys, I like Jerry Judy a little bit more than mm-hmm. Christian Watson. And he's mm-hmm. in that same kind of range. And there's a bunch of these guys. I know we're giving out one name specifically. There's a bunch of guys. This is not about like, this is the one guy you have to draft. It's like, if you want to grab a wide receiver here, this is the guy that we would grab. And there's a bunch of other that you could consider as yeah. well. By the way, another point is that I actually like the round six values, white and Pierce at running back more than I actually like the white, the running backs in round five. I was kind of surprised by this. Ken Walker, Cam Akers, Javante Williams, and JK Dobbins are fifth rounders. I nope. don't really like any of them. I would nope. rather have what I think I have Pierce. I do. I have Pierce and white ahead of all of them. Yeah. And they're going later. Why no, do you thanks. think that is? Have we not have we not talked about these guys enough? I can't believe J.K. Dobbins, despite the contract issues, the injury issues last year and this year, all the time he has missed, is going in the fifth round of PPR leagues. He's not going to catch the ball. Nope, a lot. Nope. I, I and I'm someone that's I was on him big time last year. I like him. Yes, He's were. a very skilled runner, very efficient. It's going to be a good offense, but he makes me too nervous to take this early. I said this yesterday. I said this yesterday about J.K. Dobbins. I believe average five point nine yards per carry since entering the mm-hmm. league. That's like, a, that's like a college stat. Mm-hmm. You don't have running backs that average six yards per carry. Guy just can't stay on the field. He's missed more games than he's played. He's not a guy that catches passes. Everything that you just said about when you've got a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's going to use his legs rather than dump offs to the running back. He's just never been that. I just, I don't understand it. Let somebody else in your league draft all of those running backs, Mike, 
and then wait until the sixth round and get the guys that we like. Because I'm game makers. It doesn't incite a ton of confidence in me on what's going to be a bad team. He might have 340 carries this year, or he could just get cut or traded at some point. We saw that last year. Don't love uh, that. What a, I, he was like the epitome of just worst case scenario and best case scenario all yeah. in one. Like he, he literally <laughs> was at home watching games for a month yep. early in the season and then was one of the best running backs in fantasy the final month of the season. Which is On crazy. the same team. I know. Like the, incredible. Which, it just feels like... All right, and I know you already said this, but like Cam Akers is going to be on a really bad team, right? We expect the Rams to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. I look at Javante Williams and there's an injury risk. Like, I don't know who Javante Williams is going to be. And this is a guy that I'm drafting to be my starting RB2. Mm-hmm. There's like, yeah, he could potentially be the guy, but like there's at least some concern there. J.K. Dobbins, we've already covered why I'm nervous about that. Who was the fourth running back? Yeah, that you Ken mentioned? Walker is has Charbonnet there. He's not going to catch passes. Like uh, all four of those guys have so many mitigating factors with their situation that it's not about whether or not I, I like the player. It's just there's better value down the draft, which is what we just talked about and why you love Rashad White in spite of not loving That's Rashad right. White being the and, shakiest running back. And one more NFL. note there, Javante Williams is on the way up as he he's healthy. He played in the preseason. He's going to be ready to go for week one. So he's probably the most likely to pay that off. Thanks, Sean Payton. At this point. Yeah, right. Uh, but I'm glad he's... Uh, we love him. I mean, Javante is one of the better running backs in the NFL. He just... He hasn't put it all together yet. He had an impressive rookie year when he was sharing with Melvin Gordon and then came out strong last year, but got injured. So he's the one that could potentially pay that off, but he's been going there all off season and it's kind of surprised me. Have you heard any quarterback be a quarterback, any coach be as aggressively optimistic about injured players as Sean Payton? Yeah, Pete Carroll. Okay, <laughs> you know that's fair. Okay, yeah. is anyone more You're optimistic right. than You're Pete right. Carroll? I uh, just feel like every time we hear about these players, like, yep, they're on track. They're oh man, he's doing great. It's like, it's like nobody. And I know Stefania has said this. Nobody ever like has a setback in the NFL. It's like these guys are all superhumans, and they all just like recover at crazy fast rates. I don't know. I I'm still nervous about that with with Javante Williams starting off the season. I get that he's going to be the guy. I don't know. Color me a little concerned. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move ahead. This is where we get. We're now through round five, Mike. Yeah, we're through round five. We Starting talked about lineup. My, ta- uh, my targets in round six, six here, right? Rashad White uh, and Damian Pierce. Let me give you another name in here, too. Uh, if you don't want White or Pierce, so they're gone. James Cook. His, his ADP is rising. It looks like he is kind of taking control as the lead back for Buffalo. Damian Harris has missed time with the injury, but it looks like Cook is just taking that job. So it's him. It's uh, Latavius Murray. And it's Damian Harris on that depth chart right now. Cook looks like it, my concern there was they, they won't throw to him a ton and that he would lose goal line work, but maybe not. Maybe he's a 15 to 20 touch a game guy. And one of the best offenses in the NFL. So how great would that be? ADP is rising. I like him in this range a lot. In fact, if I went heavy on receivers and got took Lamar Jackson and maybe took TJ Hawkinson or Kelsey or something like that. And I came out of here with like Rashad White, James Cook. Hey, man. Hey, man. If you're stacked everywhere else, that's not the worst thing, especially this year. The only thing that worries me and worry is a very strong statement. But Latavius Murray just makes me think of when I'm watching Rounders, when Teddy KGB is like, he's got alligator blood. You know what I'm talking about? Like he's just hanging around, hanging around. No, nothing. Teddy KGB. Yes. You don't know. Come on, Rounders. I feel like that's Latavius Murray. The dude is just like never leaves. And then it's like, okay, when, what week are you going to come in and take away fantasy value from like the running back that I actually want to get touches? Yeah. He's such a great NFL running back, but we watched it last like year in, in the Ravens. You've made rounders references multiple times at this table, and I never get them. 
So can we watch that movie? I guess we need to get together and have a movie night. That's like one that I've missed. I've seen a lot of movies and shows. I think that's one that slipped through the cracks. Hurts my heart. All right. So looking at your starting lineup now, we're going into round seven. You got Lamar Jackson. You got Travis Etienne and Rashad White. You've got Justin Jefferson and Garrett Wilson. It's a championship roster. With Christian Watson at the flex. The only starting spot right now you currently don't have figured out is your tight end position. Oh, I haven't figured out. And, and then we're going to start addressing the bench. Has somebody fallen here in the tight end position that you like in the seventh round? Because that's pretty right. deep into the draft. It is. And funny, you know, oftentimes when we post things or put up an article or tweet, we get responses back, uh, usually negative, like 85% of the uh, time. It never happens to me. Uh, but the most popular, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That's not true at all. I don't. I've been on. Who's this hipster talking to me about fantasy? (laughs) Why do we care about that guy? Um, So the the feedback I got most from this one was you can't get Darren Waller in in the seventh round. And that's been my favorite spot to take him all offseason. That's where he's been going. That's where his his ADP was. Uh, It's climbing now. It is into the sixth round pretty much everywhere. Uh, This was a few weeks ago when I wrote this. So you might have to take him around earlier. So little you know, before we get uh, destroyed for that, just something to keep in mind. Okay, Mike, I, as you say this, though, I'm going to say it. If you go that route yes. right now, Rashad White is actually going in the seventh round. Well, there you go. Take Waller first ADP. and then take a running so back. So it's just a little bit of a swap there. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so, all right, you, so have, you have some options. But anyway, if you went Darren Waller, you could take him in the sixth. But he's still going after George Kittle, Dallas Goddard. I don't think that should be the case. He's my tight end four. I think that's the consensus across our rankings as well. Uh, you can get Kyle Pitts after him now, and that's interesting as well. So that you do have a couple options in round six or seven, but Waller is going to be the feature target in this offense. But you know what's interesting is it's not just Waller. Round seven might be my favorite round because I think my my favorite quarterback value is Deshaun Watson. He's going in the seventh round just way later than everyone else. Uh, and those are two of my, my favorite targets, not to mention that guys like White, Pierce, Cook sometimes will fall into the seventh round. So suddenly I have a lot of options and it makes it kind of tricky to navigate, but there are quality options there. Yeah. And it's not just them. There's also, if you want to go safer, maybe a higher floor at running back, you have Alexander Madison and you have James Conner in this vicinity right now. I like both of those guys. A wide receiver, Hollywood Brown, always underrated. Just yep. one of them. He's boring. always on the board. He just keeps hanging on the board through drafts. No one wants to draft him. Clear number one in Arizona. I don't care who the quarterback is. He's going to be really busy. Uh, but if you don't want him, you want to go for the moon. You're maybe in a shallower league. This is bench territory, right? George Pickens. I love, love George him. Pickens. Jahan Dotson, who Terry McLaurin might miss week one or week two. He's, he's a little beat up right now. You have options for ceiling and floor in this range. I love the seventh round. I, just I do love too. Love the seventh round. I do too. There's a lot of really fun values in trying to figure out who is going to break out from this. These young guys that you talk. I'm excited to see who Alexander Madison's going to be with a full year under uh, as the, like the lead back, right? I want to know what George Pickens is going to look like. We saw some unbelievable plays last year. We've seen it in training camp and with Kenny Pickett taking a step, hopefully here in his second year and having Deontay Johnson be able to pay off a little mm-hmm. bit more in the touchdown department. Yeah. Like uh, that's a situation I love. And same with Dotson. Like Dotson is a, also in a, I feel like a really nice smash spot. Sam Howell might be with Eric Bieniemy as his offensive coordinator. That might be a spot where like you can get some good value there. Talk about a tricky situation. That's a tough one. On one hand, you're like Washington really believes with this day three, second year quarterback that has less than 20 NFL pass attempts. And there maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something they know we don't. And he looks really good in the preseason. And the offense looks fun. And he has good trio receivers. Shaky offensive line, but the receivers are good. 
and it's it feels dangerous to fade it. But on the other hand, you look at the history of day three quarterbacks, and it's not good. Yeah. It's very rare for these guys to pan out. But maybe they found another superstar, and he adds value with his legs. Maybe there is something brewing there in Washington, but the safer play here is to fade that situation. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I, it, that's safe. Come on. I'm excited way, about it though, Mike. Yeah. I say that, but at the same time, uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have to feed the ball to a couple guys. It's going to be Dotson and McLaurin. Yeah. And especially if McLaurin misses some time, Dotson set up for success. So I still like him in this vicinity. We're talking about the seventh round here, not the fourth round, which for a mid first round receiver going into year two, oftentimes that's where these guys would be. Yeah. They'd be positioned for a, you know, with an Alave or a Garrett Wilson, or maybe this next guy we're going to talk about. Yeah, this is a really interesting one, actually. I think this is really interesting. All right, so we're going to fill in Darren Waller. That's our starting lineup there. Now we start attacking the bench. When you move to the bench, are you still at this point just trying to find best player available, highest upside mm-hmm. at this point? Like We're still very early on in our draft. So how are you approaching when you're looking at, all right, now I just want to find guys that can help me? Yeah, exactly right. And if you're in a slightly deeper league or you start three receivers in a flex, this could still be a starter. So the guy I identified as my favorite target here yep. is Traylon Burks. He also is really? he also is questionable for week one right now with an injury. So maybe not as appealing as he was when I wrote this a couple weeks ago. But again, he is a he was a the first was he the first no, he was not no. the first, but he was a mid first round yep. receiver uh last year. Had his flashes as a rookie as expected. Draws comps to AJ Brown. You saw it on tape a little bit in the preseason. This guy looks like a future superstar. And he's going into year two. This is the breakout age. And it wouldn't shock me. It's again, I used this phrase before. It's within the range of outcomes that he's better than 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe a long shot, but it's at least possible if he's the real deal that he becomes the star in this offense this year. And to get him in the eighth round just feels like a good value. Now, it doesn't have to be Burks again. We're in this part of the draft where you could pick your favorite, your favorite guy. So, so if I'm nervous about DeAndre Hopkins and I just want to be out yeah. on Traylon Burks, like, low volume offenses, I understand reservations on Burks, but you have other options. George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, guys that could fall to this range. You see, if you're watching the video, you can see Jahan Dotson. You also see Cortland Sutton there, who is a fine veteran option here, as well as Brandon Cooks, one of my favorite values on the board in fantasy this year. Jordan Addison and Sky Moore have worked their way up to the eighth round. Totally viable players. Field loves Addison. He's we've talked about him a lot in the show. Sky Moore is pretty much locked in as a starter. It's MVS and it's Sky Moore are one two for the Chiefs right now. MVS is a, a clear out option. He's not going to see many targets. Sky Moore could replace Juju Smith Schuster as their primary target getter at wide receiver. So you have a lot of wide receiver options, young breakout players. That's what you kind of want to be looking at in this range, especially once your starters are filled out. Yeah, I think that's this is a really interesting spot. Most of those wide receivers that you're looking at, if we could also see, can, can we go back to that first graphic that we had looking at the, the board? You're basically looking at wide receivers, just like Traylon Burks, that are second year players or young guys that you're looking mm-hmm. for breakout potential here at this point of the draft, right? I love the idea. Other than basically Cam Sutton and Odell Beckham Jr. who are the t- and, and Michael Thomas, they're the old guys here. I, I actually would rather have Jahan Dotson. I'd rather have Sky Moore. Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. Corlin Sutton is a guy, when I'm doing drafts, Mike, just like Hollywood Brown, he just keeps staying at the top because no one wants to take him. It feels like everyone's talking about Jerry Judy in this Broncos offense. And like Cortland Sutton is no longer the guy that like feels fun and sexy and exciting. It's like, yeah, he, it's just tough. He just hasn't done it for years. No, it's, I know. And, and 
there's always an excuse for it. And I'm at that point now, I'm wondering, is it him or is it the scheme or is it the injury? Where, when's it all going to come together? Maybe Shane, Sean, uh, Sean Payton's offense is what does it for him because yeah. he can't, he's so busy near the goal line or he was early in his career and he has two touchdowns each of the last two years. We have to fix that and get him in the right direction. But I think he's talented and in a good spot and they're getting creative. They're getting creative in ways to get him the football. So this is a big year for him. Yeah. He has to, he has to get it pointed in the right direction. Huge year. A lot of the, you're looking at those guys, OBJ, Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, a bunch of older guys mm-hmm. that have some reservations about him, or you're going with some of those young guys with upside here, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, uh, Jahan Dotson. Like, yeah. Interesting. How about one more running back, uh, running back option here? We talked a lot about receivers. This is good. And this is a good spot to get a receiver, but uh, Alvin Kamara is a name. He's still, still in the eighth. He's still, I would say now it's probably going to take a round seven pick, Okay, but I've been able to get him still in this vicinity. Uh, three game suspension, but yep. when he comes back, he's going to see 10 to 12 carries and five or six targets a game, and he's going to be on the PPR RB1 radar. Remember, you're not taking a zero the first three weeks. You're going to have replacement options. There's going to be other running backs. You can plug in your lineup and leave him on your bench. This is also isn't a Jamison Williams situation. Even if Williams was suspended only three games like Kamara, He's unproven. We don't even know if Jamison Williams is good. We know Alvin Kamara is, yes, he's 28, but he's going to do a lot of his work in the passing game. That's going to bring up his fantasy floor. He has Derek Carr, an upgraded quarterback. There are a lot of things to like. So if you can get a guy that's going to be a top 15 running back, most likely at worst in the seventh, eighth round, you pounce on that. And Alvin Kamara is a guy I've, I've taken a bunch. All right. So then let's move to the ninth round then. Are we starting to get into the, when do we get into that like dart throw territory? Like we're, you know, I feel less confident in these guys, but there is some upside that I'm trying to target here. Yeah, ideally, I'm looking for breakout players, guys who I could say, can this guy, is he at his ceiling? No. Can he get to a point where he's a an every week starter or a potential breakout player? Does he have a high ceiling? That's one thing I'm looking for. I'm also looking for underrated veterans, and we're going to talk about a Ooh. few of those in here. Okay. Just guys that should be higher, that are, they might not be... The most exciting players, but every week you're going to set your line. You're going to say, well, that's an easy wide receiver three, or that's an easy flex, or that guy's an RB2 candidate. He's fine. He has a high floor. Those guys can help you win championships. You just have to pile up points. And if you just take all risky players, mm-hmm. then you're just in a position where it look, if you take all risky players, the odds of them all hitting or enough of them hitting for you to win, you make the playoffs and win your championship. It's pretty low. You have to mix in guys that are certified players that have already are established themselves as fantasy starters. You have to mix them in as well. Some of them are pricey or at cost or at market value. That's fine. Some of them fall too far in drafts. And we're going to talk about a few of those guys. All right. So then here in the ninth round, after going trailing Burks in the eighth, let's find a, our oh, first no. backup running back. Not this here. Guy again. You want to go into Every the Washington year. commanders and think uh. that Antonio, I watched Antonio Gibson, Looked kind of nice last. What was it? He Monday Night Football. He caught yeah. a touchdown. Like Sam Eric Howell McKinnon. looked at him. He looked like and that Eric McKin- or, uh, Eric Bieniemy offense. Isn't that interesting? Look that I asked that. yesterday if he could be the Jarek McKinnon of this offense here. Huh. Interesting. I, I wonder if uh, like Jarek McKinnon, the theoretic role, like a little bit of like find some ways to get him utilized mm-hmm. out of this backfield as a pass catcher because that's what he was so good at college. He was a receiver. Obviously, he was with the receivers at the combine. At, at, literally, yeah. Then they moved him. So. Tell me what you like about Antonio Gibson potentially here. In the, is this, well, I, I do mean, you like I, Gibson or is this a, a, you want to grab a running back here in the ninth? Well, not necessarily, uh, but like, here's the thing. I've liked Gibson for a long time and I was on him. And then I thought, you know, there was chatter. Could he be the next Christian McCaffrey? Cause he has the receiving skills yeah, remember and, when that size, happened? and he was really good his first couple of years. 
Uh, so when I was writing this column, I got to round nine and I saw his name and I just started writing. Like I just like Antonio Gibson. And I just started writing about him. I was like, oh, I did it again. It's every year. That's every year so I just good. buy into Antonio Gibson. Last year it didn't work great. Took a step back. He was really good the first two years. There's still hope and he's still young. He's, this year there's 25. more hope than last year, right? Yeah, I think so. I, maybe his ceiling is capped a little bit because Brian Robinson, they like. He had over 200 carries last season. He's going to steal goal line work, but he was a pretty much a zero in the passing game. Whereas Gibson especially after J.D. McKissick was gone. His target share bloomed to 13, 14, 15% most weeks, and that's pretty good usage. It's high usage for a running back in the passing game. So add that to, I will say, 7 to 10 carries per game, and Gibson very well could end up in the weekly RB2 conversation. I think he's the better player here. He's the more versatile player. I do worry about the offense being very good. We talked about that with Sam Howell, but yep. as long as he's getting the touches, volume is the most important thing for running back more so than anything else. So uh, Gibson in round nine feels like a fine third running back or potential weekly flex option. All right. So shout out to our buddy, Adam Levitan. After uh, last week's game, he tweeted out, Sam Howell played 63 snaps this preseason. Here's the running back usage. Antonio Gibson has 33 snaps and has run 23 routes. Mm-hmm. Brian Robinson played 30 snaps and has run 16 routes. Are we seeing a potential situation where maybe they're going to try and get Brian yeah. Robinson involved in the passing game a little more? But you could learn some things from the preseason. There's things Is like, that a overreaction then? I, you just have to kind of know what you're looking at, I think. So, for example, I'll, I'll just give you a quick aside example. Like Denver, Adam Troutman is clearly running ahead of Greg Dulcich. If you yes. were thinking about Dulcich as your tight end one, get out of there. Don't. Now. That's scary. Yes. That is a very much a concern. Uh, he's traveling's like running more routes at times. So that scares me uh, with this. This could be as you sometimes just put yourself in the coach's head. Maybe they want to get Brian Robinson a little work in the passing game. You know, it's an area where he needs some work and then maybe they want him to run some routes and catch some, catch some targets. And maybe they want to, you know, ha- have both guys working in both areas. Like I don't think Gibson's role is really any different than it would be in the regular season, but for Robinson, it could be, it could be just kind of allowing him to be more involved in the, in the passing game just to get some chops there in case they need to dump it off to him. So no, I'm not really worried about that. Okay. I think that he'll, you know, it'll be a normal goal line early down back with the occasional pass route for Robinson. And for Gibson, it'll be a change of pace carries plus primary pass catching work. That's what I fully expect them to do. It makes sense. It's logical. <laughs> yep. That's how they were used last year. By all accounts, that's how they should be used. That's what their skill set sort of dictates. They yeah. should be used yeah. as from that perspective. I mean, we've been watching guys. We've been watching coaching staffs try to get guys. Not, I don't want to say like Brian Robinson, but like, you know, the Titans, they wanted to get Derrick Henry the ball in the passing game just a little bit more. Not a ton, but they want to find ways to manufacture touches. I think we're going to see the same thing with Nick Chubb this year, a guy that hasn't been a pass catcher. Like it does feel like they're trying to find ways just to manufacture touches for some of those guys, you know, some of those mm-hmm. non-pass catching running backs like we haven't seen in the past. Yeah, and that's that's a good point. And sometimes with, I mean, Chubb doesn't have Kareem Hunt there to steal those touches anymore, so it makes sense. Derrick Henry last year, they didn't really have a. It was like Hassan Haskins and right. Julius Chestnut, and it, they just didn't have great complementary options. So it made sense to try to manufacture touches for Henry in the passing game. It in in Washington. Do you do that for Brian Robinson or do you, do you get it to, to the converted yeah. wide receiver, Antonio Gibson? It makes perfect sense, right? So sometimes you just have to use logic. Also, what about the guy named, and he burned me last year, but like Curtis Samuel, I feel like is just as good as at like catching passes to run the line of scrimmage as Brian Robinson would be. That's so. a good point, actually. And that's why neither of these guys are great fantasy options because Samuel is also going to carry the ball and have manufactured touches as well. And they have three wide receivers to feed the ball to. So 
I don't really love either of them, but Gibson in round nine as a potential high floor flex option, fine with me. I like that. I like that. All right. So then let's talk about why, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, round 10. Round 10, it says a wild card here, Mike. What is? What am I supposed to take away with wild card? Well, you just draft like that's a, it's like, that's Uno? actually like, it's like, uh, a, it's like an Easter egg in drafts. Like commissioners don't want you to know about it. But you can but just, if you, draft just one? if you just type in your chat wild card, you just get a free 20 points in that spot every week. No one Shut knows about up. that. Wow. Yeah, you know about that? That's I an just, Easter. I just broke the news. I was going to say, is that because you, uh, you can put that into the game because you're the guy that does all those that's things? Exactly right. That's exactly yeah. There's going to be a player in there called Easter egg. Now you draft, you just get 20 every week. Is that 21 or 19? It's going to be one of those those uh, stone faces from like Easter. Was it Easter Island, right? What is that what we're talking about? Yeah, we did, yeah, we figured this out. Let's work on this. All right. We're going to do it. It's going right. to be an Easter egg. And if you listen to the pod, then you get that benefit. That's how who's it works. A, <laughs> who's available in the 10th round that we're looking at? Okay, then? so let's see. A couple names here. Uh, Michael Thomas is fine. Heard of He's, him? Yeah. And he, you know, maybe he plays five games and then you cut him. But last year he played three games and he was pretty darn good when he was on the field. So he's fine in this range. Uh, let's see. I'm not as on Samaje P. Ryan right now because Javante Williams is going to play a lot early in the season, so not too concerned with him. Yep. Zach Charbonnet is interesting only because he is maybe the best insurance running back in fantasy, and we'll get more on insurance back soon, but I I don't think he'll have standalone value, and he definitely hurts Ken Walker, but I would consider him here just because of that insurance value. If Walker goes down, Charbonnet's in the RB1 conversation immediately. Right now on ESPN, if you are looking in this area, 10th round, Currently looking at guys like David Montgomery. You love Deand- him. DeAndre Swift, Khalil Herbert. Um, I still think, yeah, Herbert's fine there. I think Swift will be the best running back option in the Philly backfield, but I do think they'll use three guys. They're going to mix in Gainwell. Rashad Penny probably gets the first carry of the season. Here's but a, I think Swift is the more the most well-rounded and talented running back. Here are a couple of ones that I think are really interesting. Last year, Christian Kirk was lights out, Mm -hmm. right? We all kind of made jokes at that big contract that he signed, and then he totally delivered for these Jaguars. Right now, going in the 10th round, because we're not sure what he's going to be in this offense now that Calvin Ridley is there. Michael Pittman, another guy that like is uber talented. This is not about Michael Pittman. This is about the situation that he finds himself in. Like Those are two really good wide receivers in the 10th round that just might not find themselves in the best situation. Yeah, he's going low. Pittman's going a lot higher in other drafts. Is he? We're, as, a, as a company, we're lower on him, so he's lower in the draft room. And as a product, he's going later in drafts. So if uh, you we're driving that a little bit. On but, ESPN, maybe you'll yeah, see. If you're at a that. live draft, we you know I've talked about this sometimes if you're at a live draft this weekend uh Pittman will probably be going earlier than that it's it's on he's on the avoid list okay um interesting interesting all right so actually one last player Hollywood uh, Brown right now on ESPN.com yeah we talked about him before so again it just depends like it depends are you are you talking 10 teamers are you I'm just looking at straight ADP just like oh you're right I know I'm looking at 10 to 12 so that's fair I'm looking more at 10 again something to keep in mind too is ADP varies and everywhere your draft maybe you live in Phoenix and the Cardinal Marquise Brown's gonna go a few rounds earlier you know it you have to be aware of your league and you have to be willing to adjust on the fly now I'm just looking at like high stakes league, 12 team leagues. This is kind of where these guys are going over the last two weeks or so when I wrote this anyway. Uh, a lot changes in two weeks, by the way, like this is stuff. Yeah. Stuff has changed, but I think this is the vicinity, right? Yeah. But that's why I'm not just giving you one name and saying, this is the only player you this can take in round eight or your drafts a bus. There's other guys you can consider as well. So that's why we're giving you a bunch of names. All right. So then let's move ahead and talk about these late rounds. I feel like after you get to round 10, now you're trying mm-hmm. to start fill out like some of that back end of your roster. When you're looking at that, back half oh you know what before we do that though Uh mike before i ask you that i'm gonna help pay some bills oh yeah do that geico asked how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance i do 
Yeah, of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with your homeowners or renters coverage. Plus add an easy-to-use mobile app available 24-hour roadside assistance and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today, see all the ways that you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, late round flyers. Mike, Let's go. at this point, you're trying to fill out the back half of your roster. Is this a spot where I want to get consistent play, even though it's not exciting? Or am I shooting for the moon with these guys? Well, I mean, ideally, you want to be shooting for upside. But again, sometimes there's a time and place for undervalued veteran players. It's those two things. It's like year two breakup players, year three breakup players, or undervalued undervalued veterans. And in this case, round 11, there are two undervalued veterans that I have my eyes on. One is Jacoby Myers. Yep. I got a pretty nice contract to go to move from New England to Las Vegas. I know Devontae Adams is there, but he's going to be busy in this offense. He's going to be a short to intermediate target for infamously conservative Jimmy Garoppolo. So I Uh think he, in this part of the draft, is just really undervalued. He's been a top 30 fantasy receiver each of the last two seasons and scored some touchdowns last year. He had six, which was new for him. And the other guy is a guy perhaps with more week-to-week upside, but is very risky because of injury, and that is Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Uh, I know we saw him on a graphic earlier. I'm a little higher on him. He's higher in our draft room than he is going elsewhere, but you can get him in the double-digit rounds of 12-team leagues. And that's kind of the interesting thing about him is you don't want to reach on him, you know? He's just the kind of guy, because you know he's probably going to miss some time. He's older. There's a lot of, there's some red flags there. But it's just one of them guys that if he falls to this area of the draft, if if he doesn't, you're fine. It's not going to crush you. But if he's here, you're like, you know what? I might start him week one. You know, he's healthy week one with Lamar Jackson. We're going to rank him probably in the 20s or maybe low 30s in week one. We're not going to rank him there for the full season. (laughs) Right. But week to week, he's going to have that value, a lot like Michael Thomas. So if you can get him in this vicinity, a potential starter out of the gate, that's that's what you're looking for. I think this is a really good spot, Mike, in the draft and something that I have to fight against myself, just knowing the way that I draft. I don't love drafting older veterans. And a lot of times... I'll, I will default to that young guy that I'm waiting for that breakout rather than taking the value that is there that can help me for my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. And spots like this where Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers is just not sexy. I'm not, I'm not going to get 35-point games out of mm-hmm. Jacoby Myers. I'm not going to get 35-point games out of anybody that's in this range, though. So at this point, if I'm grabbing a guy like this, like there's still other guys that I can take. I am working really hard, and I just want to say this out loud. This is more for me than it is for everyone. I'm working really hard to make sure that I don't devalue veterans just because they're old, because they're not exciting, Mm -hmm. right? It's a spot where I feel like a lot of times in fantasy leagues, you watch people be more excited about the young unknown thing. And that's what they want to draft rather than the Jacoby Myers or a, you know, 10 year veteran in Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. In the uh, playbook season, full season article, I always keep a running list of guys like that that fit that bill. Hollywood Brown's a good example of that. Brandon Cooks is a great example of that. I think like one of the OGs since I've been in the industry is like Derek Mason, Nobody ever wanted him. <laughs> no one like, ever wanted him. A lot of like the just boring kind of slot receivers. Um, there was a time where like uh, Jarvis Landry, he was a great oh, one. Yeah. Great one. He'd catch a hundred balls and he'd be like free in drafts. It's, yep. What, do you, what are we doing here? So there's always guys like that. I think, I think Myers will fit that bill. Just a quiet wide receiver 33 season or something. He'll have, he'll be fine. And OBJ again, he might miss five games, but if he delivers the 19th most points at receivers when he, when he's active, right. This is money in the bank in the double-digit rounds. Well, I'm expecting him to be the starting wide receiver. Wide receiver one, at least to start mm-hmm. the season for this team. Interested to see how Zay Flowers is going to come on there. Yeah. Someone that there's a I, lot uh, of buzz on. Yeah, for sure. I threw uh, Nico Collins and Chico Conquo in here as well. If you're looking for 
a little more upside. Do you want a home run toss at, at tight end? Oconquo is an option. Nico Collins, it seems like that guy that nobody wants to draft as the wide receiver one, like as a wide receiver one for yeah. his own team because the team is just not going to be good. But like he's going to get targets in that offense. His target shares were huge down the stretch last season. If he if he, if he sees 23, 25% target shares, he's going to be a weekly starter in fantasy as yep. long as that offense isn't, you know, awful. super run heavy and awful. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, I don't think it's like... <laughs> I don't think it's like a Drake London situation. It won't be that extreme, extreme oh, but let's uh, hope not. Yeah. Collins in this range is a fine target. All right. We got a, a little bit left here before we can close this out. Round 12. Round 12, Mike. I see that. Oh, oh wait. 12 team league. 12 team league. Yeah. Can he, can he pick it? Backup quarterback here. Are you a backup quarterback guy in a 12 team league not because al- it starts to get thin? Not always. It's I'm not taking a, a low ceiling guy. Like even if Kirk Cousins, if Kirk Cousins was going in like the 15th round, I might not even be bothered if i have a good quarterback like why there's sure. no, he's gonna cap out as a fringe qb1 uh, i guess you could trade him maybe but who's trading for kirk cousins who's trading a good player for kirk cousins probably no one but kenny pickett is a guy that i think could make a leap forward this season especially if you took a kind of a boring qb1 like a cousins maybe you want to take a picket and hope he makes a leap he's looked really good this offseason better offensive line year two quarterbacks make a leap every single year and he was the only quarterback picked in the first round last year so I said that quickly because I've been making this case all offseason, off oh, yeah. but uh, he's an option. Uh, Cole Komet is a value at tight end. If you mm-hmm. want a tight end in this option, I don't know how he's going this late. He has top 10 upside. Uh, Rondale Moore, I wrote about here. He's fine, but he looks like he might be the three. Michael Wilson kind of stealing that number two job there in Arizona. But uh, yeah, you've I pick it, commit another receiver flyer. You have options here. I'm not, I'm not loving the, uh, I don't want to say I'm not loving the Michael Wilson conversation, but I thought Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore was someone that I was going to be in on a little bit more, especially closer to the line of scrimmage, right? His, uh-huh. Because he doesn't have that same... Hollywood Brown is the guy that has a deeper target, right? Like Rondell Moore, I think, was 5, 5.89, 5.9 yards like mm-hmm. per He's all short range, target. Everything carries, is super yeah. close to the artist line of scrimmage. I was hoping that he would be a guy because of that, that we can maybe get some like early season value in, knowing that Colt McCoy is going to be under center. Mm-hmm. But... It doesn't kind of feel like that way. Trying to read through camp reports, I guess is what I'm saying, is really tough right now. How much of it do you read into? How much of it do you take as gospel? How much is like, well, that's just the coaching staff wants to get a new guy some run, and so we're giving him some extra reps. Like, How, yeah. how do you know how this all plays yeah, out? You so, know? And again, you just have to use your instincts and take it uh, team by team. But in this case, it's it's uh, Michael Wilson is playing ahead of Rondale Moore. He's playing in two wide receiver sets, and then when they use – uh, 11 personnel Rondale Moore is on the field and that could still mean he out targets Wilson. That's fine. But is he going to be enough? Is it going to be enough volume to be a fantasy starter? Not necessarily. And also Zach Hertz is back and Zach yeah. Hertz has had a huge target share. He was I, only Travis Kelsey had more catches than him when he got hurt last season. And he's all but clear. He might miss a week or two, but he's back at practice and could play. And they have Trey McBride. Yep. Use more 12 personnel. It's a new offensive scheme. No Kyler Murray. So there's probably limits on how many fantasy relevant players will come out of this offense. That's fair. Uh, let's talk about these last couple of rounds then. Yeah, let's wrap Mike. it up. We're almost done now. We're in late round flyer territory. Round 13 and 14. We've already got rounds 15 and 16 figured out. Mm-hmm. That's where you take your kicker in defense. We don't draft a kicker in defense before rounds 15 and 16, Mike. Mm-hmm. So these last two rounds, what are you looking at? All right. So let's just fly through this. Running back insurance options. Okay. I mentioned Charbonnet earlier. Some other guys you can get late now. Zeke Elliott, Devin Singletary, Kendra Miller, Jalen Warren, like him, had that long touchdown run. Tank Bigsby and Tajay Spears, the two rookies, and Jerome Ford. Uh, also, Rashawn Johnson in Chicago. Love the skill set there. Wide open depth chart, seemingly. Eventually, a chance for him to maybe even be the lead back. So, 
insurance running backs. Are you grabbing the insurance running back specifically for the running back that you have drafted? Or do you like the idea of grabbing other insurance running backs for more upside? Nope. I don't have a major issue with you taking Warren if you have Najee Harris, but you can still take Warren if you don't have Najee Harris, because if Harris gets hurt, think about this. If Harris gets hurt and you don't have him, but you have Warren, another team in your league, one of the 10 or 12 or nine or 11 teams is gets hurt their team's worse and your team just got way better way that's better. a huge advantage over yep. not just that team but the rest of the league so definitely take high impact insurance running backs regardless of if you have the starter so there's them okay uh, there's a few wide receiver veterans dj chark i like him potential number one in carolina yep uh michael gallup kj osborne could have a role in minnesota chase claypool paris campbell uh just a couple of veteran options you want to fill out your team maybe you need another early season flex option um and then those are some veterans, but still, if you want to go upside, this is my fa- one of my favorite areas to pounce on potential breakout players, rookies. Yep. So a wide receiver, a lot of options. Jonathan Mingo, much like Char could be the number one for Carolina. Love him. Jaden Reed. You like Romeo Dobbs. I like Jaden Reed. Second rounder this year. Looks yep. good out of the slot. Rasheed Rice in Kansas City. Marvin Mims. We just talked about Michael Wilson. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Couple options there. Rashid Shahid. Some people like him in New Orleans. So these are... The rule here is basically second year, maybe third year players that are basically free late in drafts that have shown some flashes or have a good spot on the depth chart. This is the part of the draft where you're instead of being like, ah, I'll just take a kicker. I'm done. You know, it's the end of the draft. Just take one of these guys. Instead. One of these guys. Yeah. This is that spot. Like you are saying, I feel like we're looking at the, even though I'm not as high on this guy, like Christian Watson, right? Great example of a guy that if you drafted him late, you're looking for that second half of the season rookie like push. He finally got it figured out, started doing some things. And now towards the second half of the season, you're not drafting this guy to start any of the first six games of your fantasy season. They're on your bench so that hopefully you get value later on in the season when they can explode after they've got some more time under their, under their belt. Yeah, Some of these guys are going to surprise us. What if Jonathan Mingo comes out and he does play uh, so far, the big three receivers for Carolina, Thielen, Chark and Mingo have been playing all the snaps and 11 personnel. What if Mingo comes out and has seven targets and scores two touchdowns in week one? You got him in the 13th or 14th round, <laughs> and now free. you have a weekly starter. Some of these guys are going to be the real deal. We're yeah. talking about second round picks at wide receiver. Some of these guys could be stars. There's a lot of second rounders in the NFL. Actually, for a while there, the second rounders were easily outproducing first rounders. Uh, so absolutely. This is where Marvin Mims, is he better than Cortland Sutton? Maybe. 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 He might be. We don't know that. Rasheed Rice, there's one, he's one injury away from a big role. Jaden Reed. Same thing. He might be better than Christian Watson. They were drafted a few spots apart in terms of draft pedigree. All these guys are fine. I mean, uh, Tyquan Thornton is not having a good training camp, so I probably wouldn't draft him right now. I don't think I would draft Jamison Williams either. You took him in the marathon draft. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I was, we, I was wondering how we fun. torched you. You got torched by Schefter, and I have made massive me. regrets. I don't have massive regrets, but I do want to say this. Like, if I'm honestly, if I'm going, uh, like, as a Lions fan, I'm as plugged into the Lions as I am any team, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to miss the first six weeks of the season. That's too much. We don't know what he looks like. He's not DeAndre Hopkins coming back where it's like, we've seen him be a superstar. He's worth the investment Correct. to hold on to. Like he's that guy that I'm going to the waiver wire week four. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing like, all right, well, if I'm three and one from four and oh, if I'm doing pretty well and I can take on a guy for a couple weeks, it's going to get me a couple more zeros until he's back. Mm-hmm. Then it's maybe worth that shot. But I don't think he's draft worthy this year. I agree because also I, we talked about this last week. He then has two games and yeah. then he has a bye. Yeah. And you're not going to the first week back. You're not starting him unless you're in a 16 team league. And then the second week back, unless he has a huge plays a ton of snaps in his first game back, which is unlikely. Not, yeah. You're still not starting him. And then he's on his bye week. And then maybe you're start. I mean, that's what week 10. No yeah. way. Why are you drafting him? You need that bench spot. I'm, I'm, I 
I opportunity totally cost is huge, especially after week one when you want to work waivers. You need oh. those bench spots. Yep. All right, so let's take a look at your entire starting lineup here really quickly just to pay this whole thing off, Mike. Quarterback position, you've got Lamar Jackson. Running backs are Travis Etienne and Rashad White. You're looking at your wide receivers of Garrett Wilson, Justin Jefferson, and Christian Watson. Your tight end is Darren Waller and the top of your bench, Traylon Burks, Antonio Gibson, a guy like Michael Thomas, potentially, if you can grab in the right round, Jacoby Myers as your bench guy. Like, this is... This is a good-looking lineup. Thanks, man. Mike Clay. There's, I like it. There's a lot of upside. I love your starting lineup, and I think that you've got some really good depth for when you have the bye weeks come in, knowing this is just where we start, by the way. The mm-hmm. draft is not the end of your fantasy season. You start here, and then you make trades, and then you hit the waiver wire. This is just how you set your team up for success for the rest of the season. You got it. I like it a lot, and again, ADPs are moving around. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be exactly like that, but if you follow a script kind of like that, you're going to be in a good situation. I like the look of that. I like having the young running backs. I just feel a little bit better about it. I'm not in. It makes me nervous when I'm so invested mm-hmm. in early round running backs because you know they're not going to play. The last two years, there's only two fantasy relevant running backs have played all 34 games. The last two years, two, you know who they are two fantasy relevant running backs. Yeah, that have one of them all is a uh, Josh Pretty. Jacobs. No, one of them is. Najee Harris. Is Najee, one. Oh, yeah. And the other one is now a backup, which is Devin Singletary, who hasn't, he hasn't missed a game in years. Wow. That's it. There's the only two running backs that are fantasy relevant that have appeared in all 34 games. So you know, like you have to build a team knowing they will miss time. You need depth, you need backups, you need insurance options. And that's why, especially this year, with no clear cut superstars, I'm fine fading. And in the position, get, position getting older, I'm fine fading those guys, taking the certified prime age superstar receivers. And then going young at running back. Totally fine with it. Do you think that I need to wait to give you this trophy smack belt before uh, the season's over? Or do you think I can just well, give it to you now? Aren't we saving that? I mean, if I draft that team in our upcoming fantasy focus draft, it's over. It might just, be I'll over. I'll just take it with me on the way out the door. It might be over. Shout out again to our buddies at Trophy Smack. Use the code Focus Draft if you want to go out and get something fun there. Draft boards, draft belts. Turnover chains. All the things. All the good stuff. Draft boards, you say that? This was a lot of fun, Mike. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I love thank just you talking draft. You just say thank you. You don't have to thank me. I'm like, draft I'm, I'm paid fun. to be here, actually. You are you paid to be my yeah, friend I'm not, today. I'm not like a guest on your show, just Thanks. volunteering my oh, time. Okay, wow. Yeah. Well, with that being said, Mike, we're going to see you some other time. I'm going to be back with Field and Stefania tomorrow. It's going to be a ton of fun. Mike, you're, you're going to be back on Friday. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, tomorrow, we're going through Field's favorites. It's going to be a lot of fun to dive into the players that Field Yates is targeting ah, in his fantasy. He didn't invite drafts. me to that one. He knows I'm going to tear him apart. That That's why exactly I'm not right. on the schedule tomorrow. This checks out. Well, I knew it. That leads perfectly into don't forget to love each other. <laughs> we love you guys. Please come back tomorrow. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You've earned it. And we're going to see you guys tomorrow. Peace. You get you get paid to come here? <laughs> only on weekends. Oh, you're only paid for weekends. <laughs> they, they don't pay Not me for the show. The week. That's yeah. weird. I get a, I get some uh, some money I can spend at the cafe. It's like coupons for snacks. Oh, that's really fun. That's why I come. Like I'm, vouchers. Look, everything's about food for me. Let's go to the uh, only restaurant that survived the franchise wars. After this, he's a NASCAR guy with a baseball trying. A Lakeford fan for life Chargers are off to a terrible start But that won't change his mind Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown regression and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one
to blame He's afraid